Welcome to episode 630 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast, brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. Who is that voice? And I'm Richard <laughs> Gunther. And this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. Josh, welcome back. Ah, uh, it feels so good to be back. I I was prepping the notes tonight thinking, I wonder how many people think that this podcast is just dead, or as we would <laughs> call it in the industry, it is pod faded. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it, it hasn't. You've just had, um, well, a, a, a very busy bunch of weeks. Do you want to venture how many <laughs> weeks it's been? Josh? Oh, man. Let's go 10? It has been 11 weeks. 11 weeks, I believe. Since we put out a show together. Yeah. So uh, apologies to everybody for that. Um, Had a very, very important project going on. Uh, And yeah, my life has been basically chaos for the last three months, but it is... Finally getting back to normal. Uh really want to thank you and Gavin for getting a couple of episodes out in the meantime, even though I couldn't be here. You kept the show going and the episodes were really, really fun to listen to. Um and also uh, you know, not very much work on my part. So that was also <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you did help with getting one of those out, and I really appreciate that. So thank you. And uh yes, thank you very much to Gavin Campbell from uh, the Home Tech Podcast. He was a great guest co-host, and uh, we did have a lot of fun. But it's more fun to be here with you. So is this it? Are we back? Oh, wait. Next week is Thanksgiving. Oh, right. We're for sure not back next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's normal, though. Like, we never record the week of Thanksgiving. Right, right. So yeah, thanks for calling that back, uh, calling that out. But yeah, we we'll be back in in early December. My my life should be back to mostly normal now. So yeah, I I think we're we're back to whatever normal actually looks like for this show. Yeah, uh, yeah. and one never knows. Yeah, exactly. So we might have listener feedback, but I also haven't really been staying on top of my DMZ email lately. So. I don't know. We're just going to say we don't. And between now and the next episode, I will be cleaning up my DMZ inbox and looking for any listener feedback. If you want to send us any, the email address is entertainment20 at thedigitalmediazone.com. And so with that, let's do what we normally do and get into some video news stories for the week. And a lot of these stories are going to sound familiar to other recent stories, maybe. So this first one, it's a little bit of a different take. So back in May, HBO Max switched their branding, not just their branding, uh, but the the new service that they launched back then was called Max. And if you were already an HBO Max customer paying for the ad-free service at $15.99 a month, they said, we will grandfather you. For about six months on that plan. But after six months, things are going to change. Well, that was May. So that six months is just about over. And things are indeed going to change. Fortunately, the price doesn't change. You're still going to pay $15.99 a month if you had been on that plan. But you are losing a couple of features. Maybe the most important one, you're losing 4K and HDR streaming. So you will be limited to a 1080p stream. You're also going to go down from having three concurrent streams, and now you'll only have two. If you really want to get back to 4K, you do have an option, but it requires paying more money to upgrade to the max ultimate plan, which is Nineteen ninety nine a month, so you'll you'll have to pay another four bucks to get four K streaming. Richard, you've been a Max slash HBO customer for decades. Yeah, were uh, are you one of these grandfathered users? I am a grandfathered user, so I am in fact 
going to experience this, what I'll call streaming shrinkflation. <laughs> so, right, they're just, they're tightening the belt on what you get for what you pay. And what you pay is more because it went up recently, if you remember, but you're going to get less video quality, less audio quality too. You You won't get the um atmos audio if your system supports it mm. so that is also being cut out and one less stream so yeah i have the plan that is affected by this and if you are someone who has a comped plan for max from at&t or from some other service in all likelihood this is the plan that you have so mm. that's my situation. I get this with my AT&T service. Now, I know they don't offer that anymore. And when I got my new phone, the folks at AT&T in the store were surprised that I was actually still getting Macs because <laughs> they didn't think that was even an option. So shh, maybe nobody's noticed. But <laughs> if I want to get 4K and Atmos, and I watch a lot of stuff on Macs, I'm going to have to pay 20 bucks a month for this. And is it worth it? Arguably, yes. I mean, HBO has cost 15 bucks for the last 20 years. So if it ends up costing 20 now, that's probably not the worst thing. But what else just went up? Well, Netflix just went up. And uh, what else is going up? Oh, Right. We'll talk about that later. All of these services are raising their prices right now. So do I want to pay five more dollars or four more dollars for HBO? In my case, it'd be 20 more dollars because I'm getting a free. No, I'm not going to pay for it at this point. So I'll just get that less quality stream and see how it is. Maybe it won't bug me too much. It's going to bug me. You know, it's going to bug me. It's going to bug you. But well, we'll have to see. I, I, I want to see what the experience is like before I make any rash decision to like spend money on another service that I really didn't want to have to pay for. Right, right. So what happens if they fix the glitch, so to say, and r remove you from having this included at all with your phone plan? Yeah, then I'd then pay the $20. I would pay it. I would absolutely okay. pay it. Yeah. You you wouldn't like go to the ad free bundle or something like that or, or the ad supported bundle. Ad <laughs> supported, yeah, <laughs> right? No, I don't have any ad supported bundles. The only thing that I watch that's ad supported is, is those channels that don't offer an alternative, with the exception of YouTube. Because I think I've mentioned this before: not paying for YouTube as long as they still bundle <laughs> all this crap in there that I don't care about. Right. Right. Yeah, j just give us a stripped down YouTube premium that is just YouTube without ads, and maybe we would sign up. Right. Well, uh, you you were attempting to transition us. We're gonna. I'm gonna shift the order around on you because it makes sense for us to jump into the Apple TV Plus news. Yeah, we should because yes, another service is upping their price, and you may remember that Apple TV when it came out was under five dollars. It was crazy. And in fact, most of us had it for free for over a year because they gave out a year's worth of Apple TV Plus for free with any Apple device that you bought when they first launched the service. And then they started taking that away and making it three months. And then they upped the price to $6.99. And now... It, as well as all of the other Apple service plans that you can purchase, meaning like the plan that has storage in the cloud or the fitness app or news or all that, they're all going up. And they're all going up a lot. So Apple TV Plus is going up 30% from $7 to $10. Some of the other plans are not quite as big a jump as that, but this is... Basically them saying, okay, we're here, we've arrived, we have just as much good content as everybody else does now. We're not a startup anymore. 
<laughs> right? I mean, right. at first it was an experiment. They had very little content. Now they have a ton of really good, well-acclaimed content, and they're taking advantage of that. Personally, I think <laughs> with the revenues that this company makes, which I'm mm -hmm. familiar with because I'm a stockholder and I pay attention to this, <laughs> this kind of increase is just ludicrous. They're cashing it in. But yeah. at some point, you have to wonder, maybe this was the business plan all along. Yeah, perhaps. But, you know, we're, I, I think we're going to link to a story from The Verge, but uh, in Gadget, I, I think also pointed out something really important here, which is just over a year ago, this service was $5. Right, right. So in about a year, they've doubled the cost of this service. And I'm sure that there are Apple fanboys out there who are like, yeah, but it's still half the cost of that HBO uh, plan that you were just talking about and even less than half the cost of Netflix. Yeah, that's true, but it still doesn't have anywhere near the catalog of something like Netflix. It's got good stuff for sure, but this is a massive jump. And, you know, you did mention that some of the other Apple services are going up. Apple Music is not. That would be another one that we would regularly report on. But that's because they did recently. So right. they're just not increasing it again. Apple Arcade is also going up. Apple Arcade has been $4.99 a month, I think, as long as Apple Arcade is, has existed. And now that's going up to $6.99 a month. So yeah, everything is going up. Uh, and and th this one, I think, well, I, I don't know. I haven't looked that much at some of the, the things like storage and stuff, but this kind of feels egregious, like how much it's going up. Yeah. It does. It absolutely does. And I use these services regularly. I don't have fitness. I don't have Apple One, which is the one that also includes fitness and news because I don't need that. Frankly, I don't care about arcade. I've never once used anything on arcade, but I do use the storage. I do use the music service and I do use Apple TV. And, you know, if it came down to paying more for Apple TV or paying more for HBO, I'm paying more for Apple TV because I am constantly watching stuff on Apple TV. Really? Yeah. It, is that because they're adding a lot of things like wh what is it that that has you watching so much apple tv content well so right now i'm watching the morning show i just finished silo because i was behind on that i still have not watched invasion or foundation i am planning to watch the new season of for all mankind which just started there's a lot of stuff out there that i like that they are very intentionally stringing one right after another <laughs> right yeah that is, i mean that's the smart way to do it because what we keep telling people as these services continue to go up is you don't need to keep them all all at the same time if you're upset about apple tv prices going up cancel it right. focus on the shows on a service that you also have maybe netflix or max or something like that Watch those shows until you've finished the ones you're the most interested in, and then cancel that service and go back to Apple yep. and and watch those. That is harder if Apple is like, hey, this other show just ended, so now let's roll out for all mankind. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But if, if you do that, uh, it does also give you the ability to just binge them quickly kind of forces you to binge it but that's sure. the way a lot of people like to watch it anyway yep yeah well do you want to uh lead off this other story like i i almost didn't even want to write the notes because i know you really care about the user experience more so than most people you also have more experience with the uh the amazon fire tv ecosystem than i do yeah so the other video story we want to talk about is um Probably best represented by a headline we won't repeat in the show, written by Paul Therott, 
we won't repeat it because we have to use the E tag. But he's basically <laughs> talking about how Amazon has completely messed up the user interface of the Fire TV experience. And they've done that in the way that Amazon does best. They're adding ads. They're putting more ads in Amazon TV. Now, there was already a banner ad, I think, on every freaking screen, if I remember correctly. And you couldn't get rid of it. It was annoying. It was larger than everything else. Now, they're adding ads in search results. They're putting carousel of these annoying banner ads at the top of the home screen. And you're also going to see ads for not just video content that you can get through the service, like most everybody else is doing, but stuff you could buy from Amazon. Isn't that great? Oh, it's so great. We needed more ways to find out what things we could purchase from Amazon. <sighs> it's just unbelievable. Now, the good news, if you consider this good news, is there's a way to not see these. Pay more. If you don't want to see these new ads, you'll probably still get that banner because that's been there from day one. But you can now pay $3 a month in addition to what you're already paying for your Prime subscription, which has gone up from $80 when I first bought it to $100 to $120 to now $140. And of course, we get free shipping and everything else with that. I get that. I get that. This is a weird equation. Right. Because no one is paying $140 a year for Amazon Prime Video. Right. Right. But $3 a month extra. So we're talking $36 a year in addition to that if you don't want these stupid ads. It's obnoxious. It's just obnoxious. And and just to be super clear, because my the notes that I wrote here and stuff, uh, and what we're saying probably not clear enough. There, there's the ads in the new Fire TV experience that are getting way worse. But the the three dollars that we're referring to here is because a month and a half ago, you know, during the eleven weeks that I was out, uh, Am Richard probably reported on this a couple of episodes ago. Amazon is also adding ads to the Prime Video service. And Oh right. And it's $3 a month on top of your Prime subscription if you want to get rid of those ads. So that that's the $3 a month thing that we're talking about here. <laughs> you probably can't get rid of the ads inside of the Fire TV experience. Yeah, my bad on misreading that. That's see mm, wow. <laughs> Wow, that is, yeah, I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. And it may just irk Edward enough that he'll be like, oh, let's just pay it. <laughs> do you watch a lot of content on Amazon Prime Video? He watches more than I do, but there's definitely stuff there that we both watch and enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I don't watch a ton there. And so when when this when they start introducing ads, which I think is in January, I probably won't pay for them because it probably won't impact me that much because there just isn't that much that I watch there. And I'm not sure that like I, I think the kids don't even realize we have it. I don't know. They they never seem to watch it. They really only watch YouTube and Netflix. So hmm. yeah. It's funny, I know that they're often thought of as, like, you know, the, the lesser of the services. We do find a lot of stuff out there that we like. I think one of the things that challenges Amazon Prime, ah, imagine that, and this is a result of the crappy experience they've built, is that it's hard to find the good content there. And part of that is just because of this stupid legacy problem they have where each resolution of a program that they have appears separately. Uh. So if they have a movie 
and then they have a movie in HD, and then they have a movie in Ultra HD. <laughs> Those are three separate things out there for some stupid reason. I forgot that they did that. Uh, that was so annoying. Is is annoying if it's still it's doing still that. It's still a oh problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. It's crazy. We watched a movie that I'll talk about when we get into our entertainment centers. And when I was searching for it, it appeared multiple times. I'm like, what's going? Oh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah, so glad they're going to make that search experience better with ads. Yeah, that, that'll that for sure make it better. All right. Well, let, let's jump into uh, some news that's maybe less frustrating and, and go to audio news and talk about Spotify. And and we're not talking about a Spotify price increase. So there you go. Good news here. So a year ago, Spotify added about 200,000 audiobooks to their catalog. It At the time, it, it seemed like, okay, audiobooks, it makes sense. They bought a bunch of uh, services to be able to, to add this to their library. The purchase experience was bad, though, and, and that actually hasn't changed. Like, if you want to buy an audiobook from Spotify... They won't sell it to you in the app because they don't want to pay the app store 30%. So you have to click on it. It takes you to a web browser and you have to buy it in your browser. It's it's annoying. So what's better than that? Well, not having to pay for the books. And so what they're doing now is if you are a Spotify premium subscriber, now you will get access to 15 hours of audiobook content per month. And it's any audiobook that you want to listen to that's available as part of this catalog. It, it's not like here is a 15 hour audiobook this month that anybody can listen to. You do get to choose which books you're listening to. It does not just have to be one. If you start a book and you hate it and you've still got 14 hours left in the month, you can switch to a different book. And it's not the entire 200,000 audiobook catalog, but it is a substantial part of it. And it's not, it's not like just the, the junk article, the junk books or something like that. The, uh, the, the article that we'll link to here in the show notes, it, uh, dug into this a little bit more and compared, uh, the current New York times bestseller list for fiction and nonfiction and seven, it was six or seven of the New York Times bestsellers were available as as part of this uh, essentially 15 hours of free streaming service available. So that's pretty good. It is pretty good. And if 15 hours isn't enough, which this is maybe my biggest complaint with it. It's not. It's not. Uh, you can purchase an extra 10 hours for $12.99. That seems ridiculous. And yeah. and Spotify is making it sound like 15 hours is enough. They they say 15 hours is good enough to get you through two average books. Really? No. Uh, I, no. Uh, no. I, I, have, no. I have never read an average audiobook that was seven and a half hours or shorter. Right. Maybe, maybe some of the the nonfiction books I've read, but there right. there aren't any novels that are that short, <laughs> like business books and stuff like that. But no, not fiction work. Right, right. So the closest competitor to this really is Audible, which is owned by Amazon, and Audible's always had what I found to be kind of a confusing subscription model. They have two tiers. I don't even think most people realize they actually have more than two tiers, but there's there's a, a cheaper tier that I bet a lot of people don't even know exist that for $7.95 a month, you get access to a large catalog of books like this that you can just stream. They've also got their own exclusive podcast and stuff like that. The but the service that most people have, I think, that that are Audible subscribers, it's fifteen ninety five a month, and that gets you access to the to the big catalog of books, but also gives you a credit that you can apply to any book that you want. Almost like the ridiculously long books are sometimes two credits, but most normal books are one credit, and you, yeah. you use that credit on the book and you own it forever. So 
It is a very different model, but it's really the closest thing that we have to compare it to, right? Because I'm I mean, Apple has Apple Books, I think, but they don't have any sort of subscription model with it, do they? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. So this, I think, is pretty close. But, yeah, I, I mean, I have a hard time comparing it because this is being included. This new service from Spotify is being included in what they already offer you with the premium service. Right. So how do you measure that? Well, maybe you measure it by 10 hours for $12.99. I think that's the thing that I have the biggest problem with. That suggests that that's how they're valuing that. And the fact that they're doing it by hours to me, <laughs> because I'm so used to the Audible model where you just get a book. You have a credit? And you get a book. Like why they're not just giving you access to say X number of books a month. You can only have access to, you know, one or two books a month or something like that. I don't know. But the the hour thing really has me confused. It it seems like it has to be tied to the licensing model for the books that yep. they must be paying the publishers based on on hours of streaming but it does it does just seem really weird it's not it's not like you're paying netflix to have 30 hours of video streaming a month you just watch as much as you want it's weird yeah yeah it it's it's very strange particularly when you consider that you get 15 hours of audiobooks with your subscription that you're already paying for at let's say $11 if it's just you but 10 more hours is going to cost more than that <laughs> right exactly exactly well this this is included in all Spotify premium subscriptions which is basically $11 a month like Richard just said for the individual plan $15 a month for a duo plan for like you and your partner or $17 a month for the family plan. All right, well, that's it for our audio news. Let's move on to some gaming news. And Richard, I I actually had to like try and dig for gaming news. Like there's there's been gaming stuff that I've been following, but I was like, what's what's actually worth talking about that that's come out in the last apparently 11 weeks? And the, the the two biggest gaming stories I think worth worth bringing up, especially as we are heading into the holiday shopping season, uh, are are two new pieces of hardware. And one is the MetaQuest Three. This is the latest standalone VR headset from Meta. Yes, I know it's weird that Meta makes a VR headset. Like they they make Facebook and a VR headset. I I don't. Like, it's weird. I get it. But the MetaQuest headsets have been really good. And yep. the MetaQuest 3 continues on that. It's yep. uh, basically all of the, the the publishers out there are saying it's fantastic. All of my friends that have it are raving about it. Um, it. It is your best option for a standalone VR headset. It is a completely wireless VR headset. It doesn't require you to have an expensive gaming computer. It doesn't require you to have an expensive game console like PlayStation VR 2. It doesn't even connect to your phone. It is just a completely standalone unit that comes with uh, controllers. The controllers are better than they've used than they used to be. The headset is smaller, thinner, more comfortable than it used to be. It's faster, it's higher resolution, it's better in every way except it's also more expensive, but not, not unreasonably. So I, I don't think so the, the base model option, the only real differences here are in storage for four ninety nine, you get 128 gigs of storage for six forty nine, you get 512 gigs of storage. And these games are getting bigger. So paying the extra 150 bucks for significantly more storage probably worth uh probably worth the money if if you're going to be using it a lot 
and and checking out a lot of games. So MetaQuest 3, awesome. Go and get it. If you're interested in VR, this is really the easiest way to get into VR and AR because the the new augmented reality functions and, and features are also really, really good on the MetaQuest 3. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good stuff about this. I have a couple friends that are very excited about it. And, you know, if you remember back, you say it's kind of weird that they sell VR stuff. This is from the Oculus Quest line, right? This was originally the Oculus Quest 10, question mark, years ago? I don't really remember. I do remember previewing a prototype of it before it was available in public at South by Southwest one year. And it was like Tron quality <laughs> graphics, right? Just bit mappy as anything. And just that alone was kind of mind blowing. And so to see where they've gone with this, and this is really from the industry's perspective, they're, Salvo, if that's the right word, at Apple. Oh, you're coming out with a $3,500 headset (laughs) next year? Right. All right. Well, here's our $700 version. Yeah. Yeah. Not even. Right. Yeah. It looks looks absolutely awesome. So that is the MetaQuest 3. The other device that I wanted to talk about is that Valve has... also has their own VR headset line that is significantly more expensive than the MetaQuest 3 and requires a PC. Uh, but Valve also makes a handheld gaming computer that sort of looks like the Nintendo Switch that is called the Steam Deck. It's been out for a year and a half now, maybe two years. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to really remember because they did the staggered release based on pre-orders and stuff. The Steam Deck is really good. It, it's it's a seven inch handheld gaming PC. People largely love it. The biggest problem with the Steam Deck has generally been the screen kind of sucks and the battery life not great either. And starting this week, uh, Valve is releasing a new model, the Steam Deck OLED, and publications have already had it in for review too. So we'll link to the review from Ars Technica in the show notes. And they love this this new update. The the OLED screen is beautiful, as you would expect out of an OLED. You know, you've got the deeper blacks, you've got better contrast. It's also brighter. Like, that's weird. (laughs) How many times have you seen uh, an OLED be brighter than an LCD? Well, that just kind of tells you how bad the LCD was in the original Steam Deck. It's also a higher refresh rate screen. It'll uh, go to 90 hertz instead of 60, which is only useful depending on which games you're playing. Uh, And the screen is actually a little bit bigger. It's a 7.4 inch screen instead of a 7 inch screen. So screen all around way better on the Steam Deck OLED. And the battery life is also better. There's other changes too, but these are the ones that matter the most. So bigger, better, more beautiful screen and 30 to 50% increase in battery life. And that's uh, like when I first heard the battery life numbers, I'm like, oh, great. So it's a lot heavier because it's already heavy. It's actually lighter. (laughs) So I don't know how they did that, but it's lighter with longer battery life. So cool. Yeah. Uh, It starts at 650 bucks, which is still a really good price for what you're getting there uh, for a portable gaming computer. Now, it's obviously not the most powerful gaming computer out there, but it's a really good one, and and it's getting even better in time for the holidays. (laughs) All right. Well, that is it for our gaming news this week, so let's dig into what's going on in our entertainment centers. And Richard, it's been a while, so I'm... Wondering if I should like put on some tea as you dig into your list of things that you've been doing. <laughs> well, I've had the opportunity to provide some updates over the last few months. So, yeah, months. But 
No, uh, we're talking about maybe a month's worth of stuff. It's not too bad. All right. So first off, let's talk about what's going on in the physical world. And last time on Entertainment 2.0, we talked about how Best Buy is not going to be selling physical discs starting in the new year. I actually just perched. Perch? I, tr- I perched. <laughs> I purchased some physical discs. I bought The Last of Us Season 1. Is that something that I absolutely want to be able to rewatch whenever I want to rewatch it, regardless of whether HBO decides they want to keep it on their service or not, like they have with other things that I loved, <coughs> Westworld. And Penny Dreadful, another series that I loved, and the entire season was available at a good rate. So I was excited to be able to get that. And because I have some discs, I might want to watch them. So in this new house, I had never hooked up my Xbox One. I had only been using the TV and the Apple TV. So finally, now that we have the new furniture in our family room, I set up the Xbox. And the whole time, of course, Edward's like, when do you use that? <laughs> you don't ever play games. I know, I know. And of course, I had to, I think, you know, put in two years of updates and all of that. But I have that all set up now. And that is basically so that I can play those couple of titles that I have that I either cannot stream with the quality that I want and the full Dolby Atmos audio experience or, you know, just stuff that I want to be able to throw in and watch whenever, and I can't find it online. And I still have a lot of that stuff. So, you know, Edward challenged me. Do you know where the discs are? I'm like, yes, I know where the discs are. They're (laughs) under the Christmas decorations. (laughs) Under I know how to the get Christmas to decorations. Yeah. So in a couple of so, weeks, they'll be really easy to get to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It'll be no problem. So anyway, as far as what I have been watching, a bunch of stuff has happened in the last month. So I finished Star Trek Lower Deck season four. That season's over now. It was fun. It wasn't the best, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. I finished The Bear, the second season of The Bear. There is, from what I understand, going to be a third season. This is a, I believe, Hulu uh, series, and it is good. It is really, really good. It's emotional. It's difficult. It's really, really good. And I also finished Ghosts UK season two. Not quite the dramatic thing that the bear was, but lots of fun. And if you don't know, CBS which, um, like most of the networks, has kind of had a dearth of content these days because strikes. So they're going to start playing the UK version of Ghosts on CBS. (laughs) And they're starting from the beginning. So if you've never seen this and you don't have Max and you're interested in it, check it out because it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Also, Big Brother finale. So this was the end of Big Brother 25. It was fine. I enjoyed it. I think the winner was deserving. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. We started uh, Loki season two. Well, I think we've been watching that. It's a weird, weird season. Every episode is kind of in a different time frame. And they're, I don't know. I haven't even figured it all out. but. We're watching it, and we'll probably stick with it. I think this is another one where they've suggested there might be another season after this. Not entirely sure. Been watching The Amazing Race. I've really liked that this season. There's a bunch of teams that I'm I'm rooting for, so I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Morning Show, I think I mentioned that I was watching that before. I am way behind. It just finished the season. I think I have two or three episodes left to go to finish that. And this season has been so good. 
And I'm very happy about that because last season really just annoyed me. So they did a good job of kind of picking up and making the show good again. And yay to them. Started watching the second season of Welcome to Wrexham. This is that real life soccer team story of the team that Ryan Reynolds and I can't remember his name, McElhenney, but over in uh, Wales, Wales, I think Wales. Let's just say anyway, in the UK UK. (laughs) and it's good. It's, it's really good. I am so glad they're back. I love this story. I love following these real life people. That's the thing that's so different about this is that you get all the good feels, but it's also for real. So that's, that's very cool. And then um, been watching a lot of news and news summaries last week tonight with John Oliver is back because the writers are back. So I've been watching that again, been watching a bunch of stuff on YouTube now that we have Saturday night live back. So I, I generally watch segments of that instead of watching the whole thing. Started watching a new show on, I think it is Showtime, called Fellow Travelers. It's a weird and interesting, I don't know if it's a mini-series, I don't think it's going to be a multi-season thing, but uh, a story of gay folks in the political sphere during the McCarthy era. And I'm not talking about Kevin McCarthy, I'm talking about... (laughs) The McCarthy, who was determined to gut the government of any red or communist factions that might exist, which was basically anyone that didn't conform. Right. So like the 1950s-ish, right? Yeah. Yeah. And really, you know, (laughs) yet another really bad time in our history. (laughs) And, And an interesting perspective of that from these people's... Uh, from seeing it through these people's lives. So been watching that a couple more episodes of courtship of Eddie's father. That's always a nice short thing to end an evening on. And, you know, talking about politics, I mentioned this to you on this show months and months ago. I wish that when YouTube came out with their four up viewing, that they didn't just have it for sports. They also used it for things like news. So that on election night, I could watch returns come in on multiple networks. And guess what? They did. And it was friggin' awesome. <laughs> so did all of the the different streams that you were watching, did they all go to commercial break at the same time? <laughs> well, okay. No. I would say that it was less frequent than when I've seen it otherwise. So this apparently is a thing. They have this four up news thing and it's CNN, MSNBC, Fox News and BBC uh, BBC News. Mm. So those are the four news channels. If you're just watching that any normal day, yeah, they're all on ads at the same time. But on election night, it wasn't quite that way because they're more strategic about when they're running their ads, when they have somebody on location talking with somebody or when, you know, when they have news coming in and every, or when they have an analyst available. So it it wasn't all at the same time. It wasn't as bad as I, uh, as you, it would normally be, but I loved it. And it just confused the heck out of Edward. He was not at all impressed by the whole thing with four pictures up and only one of them talking and trying to figure out, wait, what am I watching? <laughs> but I liked it. We also watched a couple of movies over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Haunted Mansion, that's the new telling of the Haunted Mansion story. It is a very different story than the old movie, The Haunted Mansion. I enjoyed it. I think, I think it was fun. We also watched a series of unfortunate events. Is it Nimini Snickets or something like that? I don't know. Lemony Snickets or something? Lemony Snickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
that was a weird movie. Wow. Uh, really weird. Never seen that before. Don't know that I'll ever watch it again. Went to watch Hotel Transylvania 4. Transformia on <laughs> Amazon. And this is an Amazon original. Amazon basically took this up and made their own film. Without Adam Sandler, I don't know if he was even remotely involved. He didn't do any of the voices. So they did have some of the original cast back, and it was fun. We enjoyed it. It wasn't as good as the others. And then we watched the recent Guardians of the Galaxy. That's uh, the third of those films, and that was fun. Not as good as the others, but also fun. And then in the ebook category, I finally, 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 never read it before, got to read, listen to Isaac Asimov's iRobot. Wow, that's good. Right, right. Wow. So good. And I know it was you that can basically influence me <laughs> to finally add that to my list. And I'm so glad I did. It was fantastic. I can't believe I never read that before. And even if phenomenal. you did read, like, if you're listening to this and going, eh, I, I remember liking it when I read it 20 years ago, reread it now. With the explosion of AI right now, you will have a different perspective on this book now. Yeah, that's a good point. Really good point. And then finally, currently, I am reading a book for work. It is called Measure What Matters. And it's a story about, well, I guess a story about the guy that created the concept of OKRs. So um, this is the, you know, a, a new way, not new, maybe 20, 30 years old. This is a way of companies to measure whether they're meeting their goals, their objectives and the key results that you would use to measure those objectives. It is, in my opinion, better than other stuff that is out there. This is something that as a consultant, uh, I and the company that I'm working with actually care a lot about and, and help companies better understand. And it's really how Google got where they are. And so this story is about how companies have applied this to overcome various challenges or do better than their competition. Really interesting, much more interesting than I expected it to be. I'm borrowing it right now. <laughs> All right, there you go. So that is it for me, Josh. I am sure that you have had a ton of time. Oh, right, that's the problem. You didn't have a lot of time. No. So what have you been up to? What you've been watching or playing or reading? So some stuff. So a, a little bit of gaming. Um so I think it was like mid-August the last time I was on the show. So a couple of big games have come out since then. Starfield came out September 6th. I've played some of it. I like it. I'll probably go back to it, but it... I like it with an upspeak, like a question mark? Well, it's not as good as I had hoped. Um, it It is very much a Bethesda role-playing game. And I do feel like Bethesda role-playing games need to evolve. <laughs> like there are, they're just mm. like, you know, it, there's a lot of dialogue in these games, which is good because I'm here for the story and I want to hear the crazy things that people are talking about and stuff, but it's just, it's very old fashioned now. Um, when, when you're talking with a, an NPC, a non-player character, it, it, they're just like standing there facing you directly. It doesn't feel fluid. It doesn't feel natural. And nowadays in 2023, we have the power to make these interactions more natural. A lot of role-playing games are doing this better than Bethesda. And it would be nice to see Bethesda change that. The story also doesn't seem super compelling and gripping. And for a story for a game, that's going to be 60 hours of my life. Like, I want it to have a really good story if other parts are not going to be super fantastic. So we'll see. It's It's got some issues. It's good. It's not as great as I had hoped. I will probably come back to it. In its defense, it had no hope of taking more time away from me than the other game that has come out in the last two months, and that was Forza Motorsport. 
It did come out uh, at the beginning of October. And yes, life was insane, but I knew that there would be some time that I could squeeze in to play something and I wanted it to be Forza Motorsport. And it is very good. It's very good when you're playing by yourself and the online multiplayer, the the things that they've done to make that a better experience uh, in terms of safety ratings and things like that are do provide a better online racing experience than a lot of other racing games out there. It's still not perfect. It's still, it's not iRacing. It's not that sim heavy where everybody who's playing it is super serious. Like there are still people who don't know what they're doing and will just ram into you at the first turn because they don't realize, Oh, right. The cars in front of me are slowing down. So I should slow down too. There's idiots everywhere. It's not as bad as I had expected. This is why I don't play. Yes. It's not as like, I, I've had lots of clean races too, though. So um, it is significantly better than than all other racing games that I've played with the exception of iRacing. Um, the biggest problem though is the online mode, especially if you're trying to race with a large group of friends. I've talked a bunch on this show about how I've got a group of three other guys that I regularly play games with. And if we get all four of us online to play together, the game just has all sorts of problems. You try to get into a racing lobby together and two of us will make it in and the other two, the game will freeze or crash or just not let them in. Um, Just a lot of problems like that. Now, there was a patch this week. We have not tried it since this big patch this week, but the problems were so bad that we stopped playing together um, after the the second time of, of dealing with all of this. So I'm really hopeful that the patch that came out this week fixes most of that because I'd like to get back to racing with those guys. <laughs> that would be enjoyable. Uh, but since uh, that hasn't been out, we went back to Diablo. Diablo 4, still a still a really great game. There was a new season of content. It's all about vampire stuff. I don't really care that much about vampires, but it's got some some really interesting new mechanics. It forces you to create a new character, so you might as well try out a different character class. And some of the the quest pro, uh um progression mechanics and the battle pass progression makes a whole lot more sense than the first season did that they tried. So really enjoying Diablo four again. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for gaming. There really hasn't been that much time for it. Uh, so before you get out of gaming, I have a question for you. Okay. So my old Xbox live gold account is now converted to an Xbox Game Pass Core yes. account. And it's up for renewal. And I'm wondering, do I bother? Like, what What do I need this for anymore? And I think the answer is nothing <laughs> unless I want to be able to play games that I got at one point through Xbox Live Gold, but didn't pay for. Right. And if I stop paying for Game Pass, then I will no longer or ever again, really, be able to play the games that I got through Xbox Live Gold. I'd ha- so for free. I, I would have to go back and, and dig into the notes there because I seem to remember... Maybe like the Xbox 360 games, you you'll you could play even if your subscription lapsed. I believe that's true. Um, but not. I believe that's true because I think they show up as things that I actually own now. Yeah, but not Xbox One games. Um, right. The other thing that you would lose. Oh, well, actually, one one more quick update. If if you do let it lapse, and in you know your it's Christmas break. And for some reason you decide you actually want to play a video game and you signed up for Xbox game pass core or whatever the heck it's called now. 
you would be able to replay all of those games that you had previously. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't lose them forever. You just only have access to them while you're a subscriber. And if it lapses and oh, you come okay. back, you still get access to the ones you had. Okay, yeah. that's that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. Then I think that's an easy answer for me. Yeah, just let it lapse. I don't need it now. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Um, and the only other major thing that it gets you is the ability to play games online. So if if there are purchased games that you wanted to play with friends, then you do need Game Pass Core or whatever the heck they renamed this thing to. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to Yeah, happen. that's not going to happen for you. <laughs> right. All right, thanks Josh. Yeah. All right. So, TV. Uh I finished watching The Last of Us season 1. It was so good. It was so good. They they did such a good job. Uh, mimicking the important parts of the game. They did change some things. The things that they changed were fine. N- none of, I, I didn't have a problem with any of the things they changed. Uh, you know, some of them don't matter. Like, in, instead of Pittsburgh, it was Kansas City. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Um, and, and they did it for, like, really smart reasons. Like, Pittsburgh is a really, really distinguishable city. All of the bridges, all of the hills, all of that. Like if if they don't record in Pittsburgh, you will know <laughs> that they're not actually in Pittsburgh. They didn't record the show in Pittsburgh. They recorded it in Edmonton or the, no, not Edmonton, but somewhere in Alberta, Canada. So they picked a city that doesn't look all that unique. Kansas City. Who cares? Um, so, so many good, good things here. Um, I really loved. Uh, I'm bad with the characters. Uh, it was like episode four or five where, um, they go to meet, uh, a couple that they had, you know, lived on the outskirts of town that they they knew previously. They added a lot to that story that made it so much better, so much more touching. Uh, it was so good. That was such a great episode. Um, the, the changes that they made to, the characters that they met in Kansas City were interesting, certainly not necessary, but the change that they made to the young boy in in that uh part was was interesting and good um and that was a wonderful storyline it, it was it was it really was and then the the biggest thing that I wondered if they would be able to capture, and this is not a spoiler, but it is at the very very and when there is a question asked and an answer given and in the game the animators do a perfect job of animating the face of the person answering the question to make you wonder does this person believe what they're actually saying what does this actually mean? And it leaves it up to interpretation in a really, really interesting way. And the character or the act, the actor slash actress, I won't even say the characters, the, the person who portrayed that in the show did it perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. The one complaint, the one complaint that I have <laughs> is not with the show. Um, I, I would say if you haven't watched it, Listen to the official podcast that goes along with yes. it because the podcast is really good at expanding on on the story yep. and what they did and how they did it and everything. After each episode. After, yes, absolutely after. Um, the, the last episode that they did covering the last episode of the show, that question that, that I'm talking about here, in in the podcast, the creators are like, they basically say, no, it, it means that this character thinks this. And maybe that's because there's a, a a sequel to the game that already exists and that's explained in the sequel. I've not played the sequel game. Um, so maybe it's fine that they said that, but I was a little annoyed that they were. Yeah, I also didn't like that. This was the interpretation. That. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And actually... They do that a lot. 
I found a number of times in that where they said, no, what this person is really thinking is this. <laughs> well, how are we really supposed to know that that's how we should interpret that? And the the answer is, you don't know yet, but you will. Yeah. And that bugged me when when that happened. Otherwise, I loved the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's required. Like you will get so much more out of the show if you listen to the podcast, and the show alone is is fantastic. All right, I also watched whatever the last season of Jack Ryan is. I watched all of that. Is that three, four? I don't know. I think it was four, if I remember. I don't know, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. It, like not not super fantastic, but it was good. It was good and entertaining. Um. And then outside of that, just some sports. Hockey is back. So been able to watch a fair amount of hockey. Football is back. And I've got a lot of reasons to celebrate. Uh, Michigan football is amazing. The Lions in the NFL are actually finally good for basically the first time in my life. Uh, they're actually really good. So football has been a lot of fun for me this year. And then... Wait, before we leave football, the question that everybody wants to know is... Do you care more or less about Kansas City now? Oh, I I I I care the the same amount. Uh, I hear about <laughs> Kansas City a whole lot more. Oh my gosh! Yes, with with Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey from from the Chiefs, I hear about the the Chiefs a lot now in my house. I I think it's great. I, you know, it's it's adorable and it is bringing more more fans into it there doesn't seem to be anything about their relationship that is like gross or terrible um so it, it's it's fine it's fine i have a colleague who is just so furious that there's any talk of taylor swift in football i'm like <laughs> hey don't look a gift horse right i mean this is literally bringing extra dollars to the business it's bringing extra eyeballs to football who would otherwise never watch it so that's good for everybody right right yeah uh, the the only part that i haven't liked about it is um some some of the the football presentations and stuff that have tried to like way overdue the idea of like we're gonna do a whole introduction to this using taylor swift song lyrics as as the introduction to this and i've i haven't seen a single one that's done it well <laughs> <laughs> and it's not really that hard it's not really that hard like i have co-workers who are taylor swiftifying their messages in slack at work who are doing a better job than some of these oh. nfl broadcasts yeah I, I i and i i uh a nod to Brian and Tom over at Cord Killers because they do this all the time. They're <laughs> like on the Taylor Swift, Swift lyrics. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And lastly, I I I, I want to bring up Formula One uh, specifically for this week. So I I hope that people are are listening to this like right away when when this episode comes out. I haven't watched a ton of Formula One, but a little. But this weekend will be interesting because Formula One is in Las Vegas on the streets. They are racing down the Las Vegas Strip at night. It's going to be a spectacle. Like It will be such a spectacle. Now, if you want to watch it live, uh, put a pot of coffee on because they want to do this at night. So the race starts at 10 p.m local which if you're in the if you're in the eastern time zone that is a 1 a.m start sunday morning i will not be watching this live i but i will be turning it on on sunday to catch up and see how this race went down it's going to be interesting for sure so there you yeah go. uh books i've read a couple none really worth talking about jen and i tried reading uh, a horror book together like she asked for recommendations because she doesn't want it to be too scary <laughs> and i i think it led to a recommendation that just wasn't all that great <laughs> so uh 
yeah, not not really a whole lot of books worth recommending right now, but I, I'm going to check out the the one that you recommended, Measure What Matters. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Well, that's it for what's going on in my entertainment center and for what's going on in this episode. So if you want to get a hold of us, we are on social medias, kind of. I'm still on X, I guess. God, I hate even just saying X. It's Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'm at Josh Pollard. Richard is not there anymore, but the website still is at DigiMediaZone. Richard is on Mastodon at Richard Gunther. I am too, but hey, let's be honest. I don't post very much on either of these platforms, but I am there if you want to get a hold of me. I will respond if you reach out to me there. Um, And as we get the show back to normal, that will mean that we will get back to doing the show live. Also, usually Tuesdays or Wednesdays around 8.30 p.m. Eastern. But that's going to do it for episode 630. He's Richard Gunther, and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Goodbye.